good afternoon or good evening, and welcome to the Feeling the Pulse with BB Rescue. You're listening to the first episode of this brand new podcast, a podcast created by and for people in the EMS community. You're probably asking one simple question if you've gotten this far. Why would VB Rescue need a podcast? Well, there are many reasons, and hopefully by the end of today's episode, you'll understand exactly why. I'm your host, Ricky the Blue. I'm the Public Affairs Officer for Virginia Beach EMS. My co-host is none other than VB EMS Deputy Chief Joey Hunley. Chief, how are you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing great. I'm excited, Ricky, to be here. Uh, I've been excited about this podcast since we brought you on in May. Uh, it's it's one of the main, uh, well, not one of the main reasons, but it's certainly a significant reason uh, of why we brought you on because you have uh, a lot of ideas here and how we can move the department forward. And uh, and podcasting is just one of those things that I knew that we needed to get into. And uh, and I'm excited to start it today with, uh, with none other than Alan McBride. So. Yeah, I'm really excited to get started with this project too. I think I think everyone that listens is really going to enjoy listening to this, this first episode. I mean, VB Rescue benefits from countless people, both volunteer and career personnel, but we all know that there are some people who are totally invested in furthering the VB Rescue system. Few people in this system, Chief, have given as much as Ellen McBride. Yeah, Ellen was an assistant chief when I started in January of 2019. And uh, I know she's been with the system for uh, around a little over 15 years, probably close to 16, based on looking at the two-page resume that we have her. Uh, no, that even goes back further than that. Yeah, she's been in the system a long time. And, uh, uh, you know, she gives and gives and gives. Uh, and, and I keep taking and taking and taking. And, uh, you know, but she's got a great heart. She loves every aspect of this, uh, this organization. And I'm just uber excited to sit and talk with her today. As am I. Um, Ellen's a do-it-all volunteer for the Virginia Beach Volunteer Rescue Squad, Station 14. She's also a volunteer assistant chief with the department. And, um, Chief, you and I couldn't agree on a better person to kick off this project with. If you're listening to this episode, if at any point yourself you think, wow, this is you know, this is a kind of a system that I think I could really be a part of, you need to head over to vbems.com slash join and learn how you can receive free training to become an EMT. Again, if you're interested in joining VB Rescue, head on over to vbems.com slash join to learn more. Without further delay, let's get it started with Mrs. Ellen McBride. All right, everybody, we're here. Ellen, welcome into the Feeling the Pulse podcast. How you doing? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. So you were saying before we recorded, you've never been on a podcast before. Is that correct? That's correct. So when you when you first walked into the room, your initial reaction I heard you say was like, "Oh my gosh, this is great. It's cool." Then <laughs> Chief Hundley, who is also, in my my understanding, has never been on a podcast. How would you rate the podcast setup here, without hurting my feelings? Well, I mean, we're sitting in a little room with padded walls. Um, it's it's uh, it's. Snug and cuddly, I guess. As long as the um, door isn't locked, we're okay. And I locked the door so no one would walk in on us, so we're not okay with the oh. door. I mean, you know, no, it's cool. It's certainly not anything that you would expect. I mean, it's not uh, uh, it's not a, a high technology, um, uh, you know. I mean, we didn't spend you know a hundred thousand dollars on equipment to set up a podcast. We spent like a thousand, fifteen hundred. Yeah, so and, it's pretty cool. And the thing is, is this is something the department's never done before. Right. 
Right. And, and part of this episode is going to be explaining why we're doing this podcast. But before we really dive into all that, Ellen, you were the person, like the person, that Chief Hunley and I decided, okay, when we start this, who are we going to lead this off with, right? Uh-oh. And it was you. <laughs> and I think the reason that that is is because— Wait, 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 wait. Why do you think, Ellen, <laughs> that the reason we picked you to start with— is the is the case? I think it's because I'm a likable guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. I'm not sure I would use that that phrase, but Ellen, I so I started in May, right? I started in May May 20 of this year, and um, I believe you were the first volunteer that I met, hmm. and you were the first person that people told me I needed to get to know. Wow. That was strategic, by the way. And and, and within two weeks, like three weeks, I was like, wow, yeah, that's accurate, right? Like, this is is a person I need to learn. And that's because you are everywhere. Hmm. And And Ricky didn't know that we were a volunteer-based system. Yeah, Ah. which is actually going to be part of the discussion coming up later in the podcast. But, Alan, before we we started the – or before we, you know, got in today, I asked you to send me some things about you, and you sent me this – Right. And this is your this is your rescue resume. <laughs> and for those who are listening, obviously you're not going to be able to see this thing, but it's front and back. Maybe we it, should start YouTubing like, this as well. It's like 12 point font, baby steps, Jim. <laughs> well, no, right. um, and there's got to be like two, three hundred words on here, and that's because you have been so darn active in this system. And I guess I really wanted to start off this podcast by asking you, why do you put so much effort mm. into this system? You got to start off with these softball <laughs> questions, right? Oh gosh, um, I believe in it. That's the simple answer. I believe in it, and I think that just like you coming in in May and not knowing that this was a volunteer-based system, uh, most people don't, and that's a critical piece of information. Yeah. Um, it's what makes this system so special. Um, and it what ma- it's what makes Virginia Beach a special place because we have this and can support it. Um, and thankfully, I guess, the people who know about it are the people who've had to use it, you know, or the ones who have been involved so intricately or intimately as m- most of our volunteers have. Um, and it's, it's a legacy system. You know, you've got family members who pass it down to um, sons and grandsons and that sort of thing and people meet spouses and families are created and it's uh, it's quite a wonderful thing it's that that fraternity or that sorority or that family that a lot of people look for at the same time it's also a fabulous career builder and that doesn't mean that you have to be looking for a medical career it's a great leadership builder um, it's a great opportunity for people to learn how to deal with every <laughs> every situation, whether it's something that you encounter on the ambulance, um, if it's some kind of scenario that you have to think quickly, be smart, uh, be creative, or if it's simply learning how to deal with people in a team atmosphere like you find in the squads. It offers all of those things. It is the most fabulous thing. Um, and I, like you, came in 15 years ago. I had no clue that we had this thing. Um, not a clue in the world. And I went down to uh, Station 14 to take pictures of garden club ladies giving 
a charity check to our captain at the time. And I'm looking around in the bay at all these ambulances, and I thought, what the heck is this? Um, and started inquiring, and um, I was told, look, if you want to learn more about it, go to class. And that's what I did. But every time I was in class, and I'm not a spring chicken, but um, I would think, what the heck am I doing in here? Um, but I stuck it out, and I made friends. And... Um, and realized that, you know, my brain was being engaged. This was completely new. And uh, I'm the kind of person that's going to reach out. And this was right up my alley. And so, um, and I was nervous the entire time. You know, going into a squad, I didn't know anybody. This was not in my background. This was not anything that I had ever done. Nobody in my family had ever done. And, you know, being put into this very... Um, gregarious, um, you know, entwined family atmosphere, and you're the new new guy. It it was um, it was a little bit intimidating, and I went to the banquet, and they gave you know as the new people you had to check people in. So I went to I sat at the table and I checked people in, and then I went home. That was it? That was it, because I, I was afraid. <laughs> I was uncomfortable. I didn't, you know, everybody's having a great time, and I was like, I don't know this. But, you know, fast forward 15 years, and, um, and you know, it's one of the most important things in my life. How interesting is that? Uh, I just find it, it's just an amazing thing, and it will give you as much as you put into it. And that was something that I, I learned early on was, because when I got into the system, I knew like three or four people that were a part of the system. Mm. And I didn't know that they were a part of the system until I got here. Mm. And my, my eyes have been opened so much into the, the public safety culture and um, ecosystem that we live in in Virginia Beach and how unique it is. So right. one of the things that, you know, I, it took me forever to learn was the fact that um, most systems across the country are fire-based EMS. Right. And um, that's obviously not the case here. And not only is it not the case here, but you have all of these separate organizations across the city that work together and work with the city to offer these kinds of services. And when I got here, it was just a, it was like a, a mind dump for me right. to try to figure out what the heck did I get myself into? And Chief Nadelka he always likes to say that I didn't know how to spell EMS when I got here, and it's, <laughs> it's probably pretty accurate. And um, learning so much about the volunteer system has been my goal for the first six months that I've been here. And thankfully, most of the people that I work with here at headquarters, like Chief Hunley, are former volunteer members. <clears throat> and not just former volunteer members, but life members at specific squads. I mean, you're, mm -hmm. you're a life member at 16. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean... You know, I'm one of those folks who met my wife uh, in the system. Uh, in fact, as I look at Ellen's very long resume, um, and I will say that she looks younger now than she does in the picture that's on this piece of paper here. Um, uh, Ellen was the rookie of the the rookie member of the month in the in the month that I left the system as a volunteer. Oh, funny! And. Uh, uh, you know, but it's very true. Uh, I mean, the, 
the friends that you make, the people that you meet, the, well, and the unknowns of the, about the people that you meet. I mean, we've got uh, an orthopedic surgeon that runs, we've got an anesthesiologist that runs, we've got uh, very successful real estate agents that run, we've got uh, bankers that run, we've got all kinds of people that, uh, that you, just, you just don't know uh, that run in the system. And, and uh, you know, it's, I al- I'm always very interested in what somebody's why is. Why, why, what got you to want to come into the system, right? And so, and, and maybe you said it and I missed it, but what is your why? What's the one, the one thing that you're like, yes, that's for me? So there's two, there's two uh, ways yeah, I can uh, answer yes that. For one. <laughs> <laughs> I have a why that comes out of a, uh, something that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And that was a friend who was going through a bad time and took some pills. And I was the one person that he called. Mm. And it was as scary as a movie, right? The fan spinning, the guy laying on the ground, the pill bottle with the pills spilled out, all of it. And I called 911, which I had never done before in my life, and I could barely remember my name. I had to grab the pill bottle to tell them his name and the address. That's how, where my mind was. Um, And the fire department was there, and the ambulance came. And I was invited to go into the ambulance with my friend. And at the last minute, they said, no, why don't you go ahead and meet us at the hospital? And which was a good thing because he had a grand mal seizure in the ambulance. Mm -hmm. And I was in the waiting room waiting. They were putting me down as next of kin. And all this was happening. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And then I thought, I'm the kind of person that if something gets in my head, I want to do it. And it has to be an action and something tangible that I can say I did as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And so that was part of why I pursued this when I saw the ambulances with the Garden Club ladies. The other thing is that um, I was brought up as a helper. And my mom was a nurse. My dad was a Navy pilot. But they were always involved and active and doing and everything. And that's how we were brought up. My mom used to teach CPR. And we would have Annie, you know, who would scare us in the morning (coughs) laying on the ground. The CPR dummies, they called them Annies. Right. So um, I grew up with that. But nothing like being on EMS um, or in EMS. So that's kind of my why. Um, That still is true. I mean... You know, we see terrible things and we go into situations that are so awful and sad. But the thing that always worried me as I was going through class is, you know, is my Irish heart going to, you know, am I going to be able to handle this? Am I going to cry all the time? That was a real fear because, you know, that's not cool. It's not professional. I've never once had that happen, knock on wood. Yeah. And I think the reason is because whatever the situation is, I'm doing something to help. And it is something tangible. And it's not just performing CPR or stopping the bleed or whatever the thing is. 
the calls that have more impact on me are when I go to the wife and I hold her hand and she looks at me or I give her a hug and she says, my husband used to hug me like that. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that get me. And that's the thing that I can give over and over and over again. And it costs me nothing. It costs me nothing. And it makes a whole difference, you know, big difference for that person or that family or that situation. And that makes it okay. That makes me feel like, I, you know, it's not so sad anymore. We were able to do something to reach out and help this situation in some way, shape, or form. And that's what makes it good for me. I mean, you know, and, and if we're going to get down to it, as much as we give, we get. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is an addiction. Right. You know, the feeling you get being the superhero or having somebody look at you and say, thank you. You know, that is priceless. Right. You know, you, the next day, after I run on Wednesdays, the next day I'm exhausted and I'm happy. Yeah. You know? I, that's a very important piece, too, you know. I mean, you've been in classes with me, and, um, you know, Ricky, I think, you know, you've been in a class, you hear me ask the question of people, and um, you know, even from the leadership perspective of why do you want to be a leader, right? Or this question, why did you come into EMS, right? And it's not about, I mean, you know, the thing that might get you in the door, surprisingly for us, is, you know, I always ask, hey, is it rescue or is it... Uh, is it 911 Lone Star, or is it Station 19, or is it Chicago Fire, or one of those things that got you, you know, or, you know, we now we're asking, you know, we ask, hey, have you ever seen emergency? And, of course, people are like, what are you talking about? And people then, ask me if I saw emergency when I got here, and I just gave them the deer in the head. Yeah, because oh, no. Ricky wasn't even a thought oh, for man. his parents. Yeah. In fact, his parents probably didn't even know each other at that point, right? right? And, uh, and so, uh, but it... So, you know, what surprises me is that uh, the reasons that we think people want to get into this are really not the reasons people get into it. Almost everybody has a story, you know, and when you really sit and you listen to their story uh, of why, you know, what was it that got them here, I'm, I'm in awe a lot with folks because it's just not you know and that's not to say I'm judgmental on folks it's just you know it it's interesting to hear uh, to hear people's whys and what you know um, what ultimately got them to make the phone call or to go online to vbems.com right <laughs> there you go nice. that's Virginia Beach EMS yes um, uh, but it's always interesting to know what made them go push the button or, or make the phone call, right? And, um, you know, and that's part of why we're doing this. We know that the number one way to recruit people is through word of mouth, right? right? And, uh, and that we have friends and family that are recruiting people, and, and it's because they share, common, they, they share stories, they share, you know, uh, common reasons about why they want to be here. And, and, and that is exactly why we're here, having this podcast, because we want to share those stories. And so I thank you very much for, um, for sharing that. Yeah, I mean, this is... This medium is changing the way people consume media. Mm -hmm. And as a department, if we're going to take the necessary steps to adapt and recruit folks and and get them to understand the benefits of being a part of this system and the, the, the 
kind of the civic duty that some folks have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to adapt to try and fit that. And it's 2021. It's not 2001. And one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast was because of stories like that, like Chief Hundley just mentioned. That story can't be told in print. Right. right. That story can't be told just in a photo. <clears throat> that story has to be told audibly. And this podcast going forward, because this is not just going to be a one-time thing, folks, you're going to be hearing this pretty frequently from us. The, the, the whole goal here is to find a way to explain those stories the best way we can so that way people can really understand them. Right. And that way, because I, it, it, I can go out and I can take a picture, right, of folks in the street, and I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. And that has a certain weight. It has a certain impact. Right. But hearing hearing those stories, hearing those reasons, hearing those emotions from people themselves as they explain it in that raw sense is a lot more impactful. And ultimately, the goal is to not only uh, promote the system, but it's also to build a sense of community, a stronger sense of community between the members of the system already. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people know you, Ellen, already, right? Because, again, <laughs> as we stated, you're literally everywhere. And a lot of people know you, Chief. But a lot of people haven't had the chance to sit down and talk with either of you for an hour. Right. And, and just learn about you guys. And as we continue to bring on guests on this podcast, we're going to get a chance to do that. We're going to get a chance to talk about why you're here. We're going to get a chance to talk about the things that that happened to you or that you enjoy doing growing up that pushed you in this direction. We're going to talk about things you do outside of EMS. What what allows you to relax at the end of the day? What motivates you outside the system? What allows you to make a living and then donate your free time to help the people of Virginia Beach. And you can't do those things in print. And I, I, I'm just really <clears throat> excited with this with this project because I think it's going to open up a whole new door for us in terms of connecting with folks, both from a retention perspective and a recruitment perspective, which is something that all three of us play a huge role in for the system in trying to recruit new members. Yeah. And let's make no mistake, you know, um, Back in 2007, Ellen's commitment was 48 hours a month. <laughs> um, and today, in uh, 2021, almost 2022, um, Ellen's commitment um, is 36 hours a month. Shall I say 24-7? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, her commitment is 36 hours a her month. Her on-paper commitment. But her, right. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I mean, the time, Ellen, that you give to this organization is, is uh, gosh, it's it's almost second to none. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, I made uh, uh, a strategic move. I think that's twice I've now said strategic, so I'll try not to say that anymore. <laughs> but I made a very strategic move, um, uh, I don't know, a year ago or so, uh, uh, with Ellen was serving as uh, one of our volunteer assistant chiefs, uh, and we shuffled some folks around a little bit. And we did not have an assistant chief that supported the uh, administrative or support services side of the organization, which is where the um, task, if you will, of recruitment and retention ultimately fell along with the training piece. And so um, I made the move uh, of, of moving you from the operational side of the house to the administrative side of the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the beginning, 
you know, I, I didn't really give Ellen anything to do. And I'm like, don't worry, we're going to, we need to set some time aside uh, to talk uh, about kind of what that role or your new role would look like. And, um, and I don't, you know, vividly remember the initial conversation, but I know I had some conversations about, hey, look, we want to focus on some recruitment stuff. We want to focus on some retention stuff, you know, with the background that you've got and the passion that you have. So um, why don't you tell us where you are today? (laughs) Because where you are and where I thought we were going to be, um, I mean, it's slightly different. Like, you are much further ahead uh, and doing awesome, awesome things. Uh, And and I I mean, I'll stop talking and let you start. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I recall being notified that there was going to be a change when everybody else was. <laughs> right. <laughs> like emailing, what does sustainability mean? What are you, what is this? And so uh, we'll figure it out, I think is what you said. We're, we're like, going to talk and we'll figure it out. It's such a loaded term, like s- sustainability. Yeah. Well, Because like, that, that, that can mean so many different things. It means everything. That's kind of, I felt the mantle. And I, I thought, oh my God. But then I thought, kind of means I can do anything. Right. You know. So wow, this is cool. Um, I'm going to need some guardrails because my brain was exploding. <laughs> but um, at the time, we had a little thing called COVID, and um, and we had all of that happening and adjusting, and then we had our liaison issue mm-hmm. in the 911 dispatch center and I said I can do I can take that on I'm the volunteer I can take that on and so we did um, and we pursued that and you know um, made some headway mm-hmm. um, but at the same time also created something called a sustainability team and in my mind it was going to be a place that anybody could come to and we can talk about all the things Mm -hmm. and it was open let's let's talk about it you bring it let's talk about it what do you need what do you see what do you want what are the things that you think we can do to help you you know what are the things that are that matter to you as a volunteer that will help keep you in the system and help you recruit other people into the system Mm -hmm. Um, and we had it was a, it was pretty amazing because we had a lot of insight and the some of the questions that were asked I had answers to already and that they didn't know and they walked away I remember from that first meeting wow I had no idea that was happening and it was a huge mind opener for me because what to me what it comes down to is communication and just as you're doing here Ricky um, and, and for example, last night at our business meeting, there was a question about the observer program. You know, and one of the officers had been trying to get answers. Where are we? Why aren't they bringing that back? And I said, I'd like to stand up and talk about that. Here's why. You know, we now have to vet everybody. And, you know, you can't have somebody just come onto the ambulance that could be have any kind of background at all. When we have to go through everything, they're exposed to the same intimate information, patient stuff, and... Does that seem right? And, oh, well, I never knew that. Nobody ever said that. That's the problem. 
So, you know, I think a lot of a lot of the hurdles that we have, like in any large organization that has lots of parts and pieces, um, we have to constantly work at communication. Yeah. And um, and you know, I'm always harping <coughs> about let's let them know what we're working on, so they know we're working on it, so they know that they have been heard, mm-hmm. and that we hear that. And here's what we're doing. Here's why it's taking so long, or here's why we can't do this, or here's why we're doing something different, so that we can create that teamwork, um, and they feel that we have we being the EMS, the department has the volunteers' backs. Yeah. You know, this is such an, like you said, Ricky, such an interesting <laughs> system made of all these different groups, and traditionally we have protected our own um, against I don't know what, but we've protected our own. As the world has changed and as the call volume has increased substantially, we now have to look at the economies of scale that we have and the value of our teamwork because gone are the days that we have first do areas. Right. You know, gone are the days where we stayed within our, you know, neighborhoods and those people only saw our ambulances and our uniforms we are everywhere so we have to show that unification and that doesn't mean listen up everybody that does not mean that we are losing ourselves that does not mean that we're losing our histories we all have them every squad has a beloved history and that should be cherished and it will be but we also are a dynamic system that has to move forward. Otherwise, we're lost. So, you know, the whole, I'm going to launch right into it, the whole VB rescue, you know, um, I'm a big proponent of it, not just because of my marketing background, and I see the great value in it, but also I am such a team player, and I believe in the value of working together, which we have to do in this kind of business. So... And really quick, for those folks that are listening to this that aren't from the system, right? So, Virginia Beach Rescue has 10 volunteer rescue squads. We have our Marine Rescue Team. We have Virginia Beach EMS. And all of us work together to provide pre-hospital emergency medical services to Virginia Beach. So, you could see a ambulance from Plaza, Plaza Volunteer Rescue Squad, which is Station 16, you could see a plaza ambulance with one member from Plaza and one member from 14, Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. You could see uh, two paramedics on it that are members of Virginia Beach EMS. You could see two uh, volunteer EMTs from, well, I don't know, Chicks Beach, Rescue 4. It, 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 we all work together. And they might be answering a call at... A Davis Corners area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, it was funny before I like when I was in the hiring process, I saw a Chesapeake Beach ambulance over near the courthouse, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, like I, that doesn't make any sense to me. And then when I finally realized what was going, on, I was like, "Oh, well, not only do the ambulances go back and forth, you know, depending on how business is." But also, they, the squad share ambulances sometimes if, mm-hmm. if they're ones in the shop. Right. It's a team effort. Right. And that's what so many people, I think, miss is that um, 
none of us are doing this by ourselves. Right. And getting that message across and, and learning that message on my end has been a huge chore to realize how important it is that everyone works together because, like you said, we have all these different agencies that coexist and supplement each other. Right. Right. And, you know, every agency has its has its great parts and pieces. And I think, you know, just like you're talking about telling stories, um, every every agency has stories and and when we have members who get together who you know you've got that that combined team that combined duty partner you know from different squads or uh two members in a different ambulance you're still going to be hearing those great stories um was that like a if these walls could talk type story or yes uh, perhaps (laughs) but you know what i mean that's the other thing that i love is that um, I have regular partners and I have people who just are on Wednesday when I'm on. And I enjoy both of those things because I like, you know, talking to my friend that I know intimately and, you know, oh, my God, you know, tell the stories, tell the stories. What happened to you this past week or whatever? And then I get to learn something about this new person. And, you know, you're 12 hours with somebody. You're going to get to know some stuff. Um, but then, you know, you've got all those stories and then you've got the things that happen in the back of the ambulance, you know, and whether part of my my goal is to try to keep somebody calm and you start talking. Tell me about why, how long you've been in Virginia Beach? You know, do you have family? And you start hearing things and it becomes like a confessional back there. <laughs> you hear some awesome I've things. Never, never heard it phrased like that. It is. But it, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you meet amazing people. <laughs> um, you know, you can, you meet Are you talking people. about patients or are you talking about, <laughs> patients. about students and interns? Oh no, patients. <laughs> no, students and interns, their time will come. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, we there are people who have met famous people or who have been World War II fighter pilots or, you know, all the all the interesting things you can think of. And you hear the stories. And um, that's pretty awesome. I really love that part of it. Is that your favorite part of being a part of the part system? Part of it. I, you know, you know what I think my favorite part is, is doing something significant with somebody. That's my favorite part. So there's the, you know, there's that moment where there's been a call and you've, for whatever it is, but at the end of it, you look at your partner and you're like, we did that, mm-hmm. you know, and that, I love that part, you know, that yeah. feeds me. Um, and there, there's just, it, it, it's bigger than if you had done it yourself, much bigger. And that shared thing is, is like a drug. And that's, I mean, that goes kind of what you were saying earlier, Chief, is that so many of the motivations and the reasons we think people have for joining the system, so many of them are just intrinsic, and they're, they're just inside, and we'll never really quite get it. Right. Because no. for, for, for some people, it's really hard for them to explain exactly why, and, and some of us just won't ever understand it, but it's there. Yep. Uh, you know, I asked um, night one of the new EMT class, you know, I'll kind of go around the room and and um, and ask, you know, the new students, why, why are you here? Or, you know, I'll ask them to, you know, hey, raise your hand if, and I'll throw out a reason why, you know, why you might be here and one or two hands will go up. And, um, uh, you know, and it's just a, it's a fun little thing to do. To, but 
gosh, you just you just never know what um, what the thing is that will get somebody in the door, and you never know what the thing is that will get you out the door either. Right. I mean, um, you know, I always thought I knew what my trigger call would be for me to go on my way and not want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that trigger call happened, and I'm still here. And then I, you know, I thought I would identify another trigger call, and that trigger call happened, and I'm still here. And and you just keep going. And, and uh, you know, I think uh, as long as folks, you know, just remember the why for them. Why did you come in the door in the first place? Um, and, and at the end of their shift, you know, they ask themselves, did I, did I satisfy my why today? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is yes, then the rest of it is just, you know, it'll just roll off, you know, because I mean, you're right. We have some nasty calls and we experience some things that, uh, human beings should, you know, there are things you see that humans are not designed to see. Most of the time when when we are responding to a call, we are with the people on one of the worst days of their life, if yep. not the worst. Right. Yep. And that that heartbreak and that tragic, you know, that, 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 that tragic um, situation can rub off on, on the provider sometimes. Yeah. And handling that, I mean, I can't, I can't tell people how to handle that because I haven't handled it. It's really hard, you know, we we had a terrible call and it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, and we had, I was on a, uh, with the duty partner and uh, a, an intern and uh, a young teen had gotten hit by a car. And it was awful. It's like, you know, the, the lady with the SUV didn't see this person and so when we get there, and we were there in probably two minutes, um, kids laying on the road, woman's on the curb with her head in her hands. People are videotaping, mm. which really upset my partner. I'm like, you gotta c- concentrate on what you're doing. Um, and unfortunately, this child died. Mm-hmm. And I was in the back of the ambulance trying to do CPR. And um, what we didn't know is that they had torn their pulmonary artery. And so, you know, it was harder and harder and harder to push against all that. When we got into the hospital, um, we're doing our thing, and um, we heard a sound. And I had seen one of the therapy dogs around earlier in the morning at the hospital, and I thought it was the dog. But it was the mother learning that her child had died. And then having to deal with the intern who had also heard what I heard and understood what that sound was and, you know, being very distraught. How do you comfort that person? Then learning that the child had beat cancer. You know, those are the things that, you know, wow, there was nothing we could have done. Not a thing, except be there, except be there. And we did, that's what we did, you know? And so you kind of have to put that in your, you know, okay, this is part of my experience now. Well, I've, and that's that's the piece, right, is what I think a lot of folks ultimately get out of doing this, um, whether, you, you're, whether you're getting a paycheck or not, is you have to learn, yeah, well, you don't have to, but you truly learn who you are, right? right? And, and, um, and you uh, learn 
resiliency and you learn, um, you know, just what life can throw at you and you learn to appreciate so much more right. than you wouldn't if you weren't here, I guess. It know? puts everything into context so clearly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and in so many ways. So, you know, if somebody's saying, I'm having a terrible day, deadline, deadline, deadline. And you think about that call, I'm right. like, we've I have no problems. There. We've all been, we've all had those days. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I want to change the theme here a little bit. Um, you know, I, uh, I mean, well, I, I guess I say change the theme, knowing that I just said what, you know, I like to think folks get out of this. But I'm interested, Ellen, in what you think the benefits to folks for volunteering in our system are. Oh, my God. You guys are seeing why I strategically moved Ellen <laughs> to the other side to work for me directly in this, in this realm. Area. Yeah. The benefits of working in our system. Volunteering, yes. Volunteering with VB Rescue. Well, get and out your pen and paper. from Frank McWitz at Station 14. From whom? Frank at 14. Frank McWitz? Yeah. Oh, I have not had a breakfast like I, that. I was there like three weeks ago, and my man cooked up some French toast and some bacon. Yeah. Fire. Really? So good. Okay. All right. Somebody call Frank. <laughs> yeah. We need to have a conversation about that. Really? Hmm. <laughs> Can't no, I believe. don't. Well, I didn't bring any food back. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so benefit number one, breakfast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. You get breakfast every day except Monday, Wednesday, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Monday through Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Every other day of the week you get breakfast, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's an awesome breakfast. <laughs> um, uh, gosh. Benefits of volunteering with us. Um what you learn, not what you learn in class. You get, uh, you get a professional certification that is like every, anybody's, any EMTs. Um, and you know, you are not just a volunteer, you are an awesome volunteer who's giving time with a, a professional certification. Mm -hmm. You get community service that you can put on your resume. Mm -hmm. Um, that is a huge help to folks who are looking to get um, into medical school, go on to any other kind of college, uh, higher learning, um, anything. I mean, that, that says you're a good person. Tells you what kind of person you are. You know, I'm actually uh, applying for a credentialing piece right now, and one of the things it says on their credentialing form is, what community service do you do? Boom. I mean, I, I can imagine a lot of, a lot of credentialing um, organizations out there are looking for that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, when you think competition's pretty stiff. Right. You know, you, this really elevates you. Um, the other thing that you, another benefit is um, all the leadership classes that you have access to for free. Um, and those are always good. The, the Which, Chief Only, your next leadership class is when? January 26th. 26th. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're going to talk about mentoring. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to talk about. Here you go. Yeah. And having taken that class, I would encourage everybody to take it. It's, it's yeah. awesome. And not just because he's looking at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll close my eyes. Yeah. 
Um, the other thing, another benefit is that you have the opportunity to um, learn how to work with others and people from every walk of life. So you're going to learn how to adapt or um, listen to how other people have learned how to do things, their experiences. You have the opportunity to uh, get leadership positions in the squad itself. Um, you have the opportunity of making great friends. Um, and I'll tell you, a lot of people find their best friends in the squads. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't actually it doesn't have to be in your squad. It can be in another squad. Um, because we do have a lot of events uh, and activities that are everybody. Um, well, and I think part of that, too, is because you experience hard things that we have just finished talking about with people that are experiencing the exact same thing. Right. And, and, you know, and so you're yeah, able yeah. to bond and develop those, Absolutely. those very tight relationships. Yeah. yeah. Um, you also can learn how to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got CPR classes. Um, we've got all kinds of training. We have the proctor program, proctoring program at the uh, department. Um, and that stuff is just so valuable. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you're just starting out in a career or if you're finishing a career, um, you know, a lot of our members are retired people who are looking for something to do that has meaning, you know. And I don't want to demean any other volunteer work because it, you know, anybody who's a volunteer is awesome. But this is a special kind of job. And um, somebody who's interested in that kind of a job where, you know, you have all the excitement of the lights and sirens. That's another benefit, by the way. There, this is an adrenaline pumping kind of activity. And you can get off on it because it's fun. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Driving the, the ambulance is fun. Um, but I always do it very, very safely. <laughs> there's all kinds of things are going through my mind right <laughs> very now. Very safely. As she's saying that, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Here we go. 911, Chicago Fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Station 19. You do get that adrenaline pumping, though. She finally was about to do the fingers in the ear. And the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, I mean, you get anything you want out of this. This this kind of activity can give you almost anything. And yeah. did, did we mention the free training? There is free training. Yeah, the free training. Yeah. And um, if, you, um, if you're operational and you run 80% of your required duties, you get a property tax credit for one yes, of your you vehicles. Yeah. Um, so you get all kinds of freebies. There's some intrinsic and extrinsic things there yeah. that um, are certainly... And Ellen, you mentioned that you, you, you kind of get out of it what you want out of it. Mm -hmm. And you're a perfect example of that. I think, and the fact that you've given so much, and in return you've gotten a lot too out of it, and, yeah. and, and you, you, after you know, you, every day you wake up and you feel fulfilled about your position within the system in the sense that you feel like a you're getting a lot out of it, and b you're making a difference, mm -hmm. and I, I think it's important to let a lot of the providers know that. They're in the same position. They're making as much of a difference almost. Absolutely. Running all of those duties makes a difference that is hard to calculate. Yeah. And I would say that it, you can't calculate it. You know, every year, tax time, you know, my husband comes to me and he goes, 
you know, what what's your mileage? How much stuff are we writing off? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's you say, every day. You say, look at what the mileage was on last year's tax statement. That's exactly look what I say. Look at the mileage on this year, and that's the mileage, because exactly. I do it all for the system. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to calculate. It really is. Um, the number of hours, because, you know, if you're going to if the Office of Volunteer Resources counts yeah. you know, or 12 hours, yeah. it's not 12 hours. It's like 14 hours. Right. Right. Or more. Right. You know, I mean, just hearing the podcast, it's going to be like almost two hours for you by the time <laughs> there, it's, see? it's said and done. I can add you know? that up. I don't I don't count anymore because it stresses me out. Yeah. Yeah. So it yeah. just is. It just is. what it Yeah. Is. So I have a question for you that's a little offshoot here, but um, I think it's it's fitting. And, and those of you that have taken the specific class based on the question I'm about to ask, will get it as Ellen has taken the class. Ellen, when that time comes in your in, in your world, what do you think your dash will be? <laughs> Gosh. Your dash? Uh-huh. Yeah, I know exactly what he means. Um, Am I supposed to know what you mean? You gotta take the class, but you gotta take that class. What, what class are we referring the to? The leadership it's class. the ethics and leadership class that, we, that I do, the 16 hour class that I do with okay. Chief Lewis and and uh, Will Shockford. Am I allowed to take that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As are all of you out in podcast land. <laughs> right. Come and on I, down. And I would encourage you to take it. It, it really is good. Great discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my dash, I hope my dash is long. It's a long dash. Um, you know, oh, God, I don't know how to answer that. I would think that it just, I'm satisfied with the mark I've made. That's what I hope it means, mm. to be really selfish about it. <laughs> you know, I, um, I, you know, a trite as it is to make a difference, yes, but. Um, so this is you though, right? And this yeah. is the, really the point that I want to make um, is, you just kind of view things from a simple perspective, right? In that, um, um, hey, here's a problem and here's a simple solution. Let's not blow it out of proportion. Let's just recognize that there's a direction here that we need to move and, 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 and we move in that direction. You know, the fact that your answer is what it is shows how humble you can be or you are right and uh and it just shows what kind of person that you ultimately are which comes right back to why um i strategically moved (laughs) ellen into this this into the position that she's in ricky we'll have to say that he was just brilliant Chief well, is, chief is. I, I can't I, remember what the exact phraseology it, is, but Chief is hammering his it, point home. It is. It is. I mean, I, I, I'm. I just. I don't compare to Ellen, and and I Golly, think that's. Guys. I think that's. I just think that's awesome. You know, um, that we have our first uh, podcast features someone like you that is. Um, I now need to fan myself. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I just. Uh, you know. I am I am humbled to be around the people that we have in our system. You know, I feel I, the very same I, way. And and uh, I just I appreciate you know every day as I sit back and 
And, you know, I sit behind my desk. I know I'm supposed to be out running ambulance duties and doing IVs and stuff. At least that's what Ellen wants me to do. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as I sit back and I'm having some of these days where I'm literally just losing my mind because of whatever the issue is I'm dealing with, you know, of the day. Uh, uh, and I, I just sit back and I think about, well, you know, uh, at the end of it, what I'm doing is worth it because of the people that I'm supporting with what I'm trying to do, knowing that what those folks are supporting is, is much bigger, you know, than all of us. And, uh, and Ellen, that's just, you know, that's you in my nutshell, you know? And so, uh, we've got another question on here that says, uh, um, what do you think the future VB rescue system looks like? It looks awesome. Um, I think it, it may look a little bit different, but it will still be volunteer focused. I think it will be more volunteer than paid. I think that um, it'll have to be bigger than it is now if the call volume continues to rise like it has every single year. And I think we're on track right now to, to uh, uh, be almost at 53,000 calls this year. That's a lot. Plus, you know, when you think, when you really, this is the thing that is amazing to me and what I would love for our community to recognize. And that is that not only are we out there answering all the 911 calls, 53,000 and counting, but we have 450,000 people in this, in this city. And counting. And counting. It's a huge city. Mm-hmm. And it doubles in the summer. More uh, than doubles. It, yeah, yeah doubles, It's like triples. millions. Million, yeah. It's uh, 20 million? Uh, I, don't, I don't know the exact number, but I know that um, on any given week, it's there's you know it's there's a million people any given week in the city right. in, the, in the during the summer months and we are as a volunteer based system taking care of people nobody suffers for, and that is a that is such that is such a thing yeah. that is such a wonderful thing to be able to provide and i can't imagine that we and the city would let that go that is our city leaders can point to our system and say, this city cares about each other. Look, and look what we're doing for each other. Nobody, no other city can say that of that of this size. It nope. doesn't exist. And, and that's one of the, and that's, you know, going back to the, why we're doing this podcast. As a 27-year-old male who's grown up in Virginia Beach, graduated from Lansdowne High School, um, moved away to Blacksburg for five years, came back after, I didn't know any of this. But if you and didn't I, have any need for the service, then... Well, well actually, yeah. I did ride on an ambulance one time, oh. <laughs> which maybe one day we'll tell that story. Yeah. Um, but I still didn't know. And my neighbor is Ray Ford. Oh, my Ray gosh. Ray Ford Sr. What? Who, Ray Ford is a life member at, yeah. at Station 14 and... Um, Ray's given his family has given a ton to this yes, system. Yes, they have. And I still didn't know. Wow. So we need to change that. Yeah. That has to be one of the goals of the of the department, of the squads, of the system in general. Yep. To kind of brag about ourselves a little bit. 
Absolutely. You know, like, I, I'm not saying that we need to go out and, and, you know, barge down everyone's door. Hey, did you realize what we did today? Well, no, we, but what if every member recruited one? Exactly. Yeah. Just one. Mm-hmm. You know, and then... Or even if half. Like, like... What if every yeah. member recruited one every year? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we do celebrate when we know those stories. We, we call, you know, back in college, you called that your legacy. Um, you brought somebody into your fraternity or sorority, and then they brought somebody, and that was your I legacy. I wasn't cool enough for that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not surprising. <laughs> but, you know. That's probably we, why Mr. Ford didn't come spend any time with you, educating you on the system in the city. Oh. You know, self-deprecation is a good way to get humor, but it doesn't work when your podcast buddy is over here harping on. Uh-huh. Yep. Yes, what indeed. you can't see is but that there's kicking is, going on under the table. But but Chief Hunley is up here, and I am not up there, so I will sit here and smile. Uh, that's right. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, you're exactly right. If one person, if every person recruited one person and they did that every year, we would have no problems. Right. Um, just one. Just one. And, you know, it's just hard. It's hard to... It's hard. This is not a normal volunteer job that you come and go. I mean, you really have to be committed. And for good reason, though. Yeah. Um, this is also the kind of job that gives you back so much. You know, I love the library, but you are not filling library shelves with, you know, restocking books. You are saving Making lives. Making life and death decisions for people. Yeah. And and <clears throat> and I'm not the same person I was then. Uh, in August I, of 2007. Yeah, that. <laughs> yep. I'm glad you had that. I got it right here in front of me. <laughs> That's what but, happens when you send a full resume. Yeah. <laughs> That's called, I've got that document somewhere. I'll Just send yeah. that over. Yeah, just send that over. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I really have learned confidence. And I feel like I could be in any situation that life throws me and be okay. And that mm-hmm. is valuable to know that about yourself. That's what you learn in this kind of job. Um, and you get free training to have this experience and and get to know yourself like that, um, it's such a confidence booster mm-hmm. because not only, you know, when all hell's breaking loose and somebody goes down on the sidewalk and everybody's looking, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know, you're going to know what to do. Right. You can step aside, you know, go through the crowd. I got this. And, you know, do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty powerful. Um, and... The confidence is palpable. The fact that you're not fearful is palpable. You know, that's, that is a gift to yourself. And yes. I think that, you know, if we had more people in the system who understood that, who came into the system because of that, mm-hmm. um, we would be incredibly powerful, you know, yeah. I, in, in, a, in a good way. I mean, in, a good, in the best way. Well, I think that's why we're going to talk about mentoring in the next leadership training, right? Because I agree with you that we want, you know, if people, um, well, and hopefully that's part of what this podcast will do is it will introduce people to um, the things that they can they can take away from coming into the system that you don't even, the, the things that just don't cross your mind about why I would go join this this volunteer organization. I mean... 
you know, my wife's a lifelong Girl Scout. We've been active. My my son's an Eagle Scout. We were in the, you know, as a Boy Scout volunteer, as a Scoutmaster, um, and, uh, you know, just been involved in multiple facets of volunteering um, my entire adult life. But, uh, you know, I can tell you uh, that my time volunteering in this system when I was here as a volunteer, leaving in 2007, um, was, you know, I mean, you make great friends, you, uh, I mean, I, I was in a leadership position here as a volunteer, and I've, and I'm a retired Navy guy, and um, the leadership training I got working to uh, manage and lead volunteers, and just the very concept of doing that far exceeds, I know my Navy folks out there will be mad if I say this, but far exceeds um some of the the leadership training and just the leadership positions that I had while on active duty, right. um, because uh, you know you it's it's just different, and uh, I guess I don't know how to explain it any way other than just that it's just different. Well, you've got people of all walks of life. Mm-hmm. You have to know how to talk to them in the way that they're going to receive it. Okay. There's that thing that they don't have to be there. It's not like they joined yeah. the Navy. Yeah. You know, so you have to motivate in a very different way. Yeah. And figuring all that out with a, a group um, really exercises your brain. Yeah. And teaches you a lot. Yeah. And you've been doing that for 15 years. Yeah. And here you are, still doing it. Hard charging, right? I'm getting tired, Joey. No, 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 no such thing. That one's not allowed to get no tired. No such thing. Let's cut that piece out <laughs> of the podcast. Yeah, so, um, Alan, this has been a tremendous, a tremendous experience for me. Um, like I said, I, I've I've gotten to talk to you a lot before this, obviously, but I've learned a lot about you just in this interview alone. And um, my goal is that Chief Hunley and I can continue to bring these kinds of perspectives and stories and experiences to people that are inside and outside the system. Um, And we can um, show everyone that we are a strong, we have a strong community here and we do have a really a special bond with each other, uh, even if we don't really realize it. Um, Chief, you got anything to add before we wrap this up? No, Ellen, I really do appreciate you coming out today. Uh, I can't tell you how excited I am. well, I was, uh, that you, you were the first one that we were doing. And, you know, like Ricky said, when we were talking about, we were throwing around names and I was like, this is the first one. Aww. And, uh, and there was, I mean, there was not even a question about it. And again, I appreciate everything that you've done for us and uh, that you're going to continue to do <laughs> for a long time to come. <laughs> well, thank you guys. And if you want to run with Ellen at some point, yeah, you need to go to vbems.com slash join. You can apply there. We have academy starting up in March. So if you if you Looking want to run with Ellen, to it. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to run with Ellen, your or, what's the other vbrescue.org? vbrescue.org. Our friends VB at the Rescue. VB Rescue Squad Foundation. They are they run that site there. They've got all the links there as well. So again, mm-hmm. vbrescue.org. Vbems.com/slash/join if you're interested in joining. Or you know what? If you're interested and you have some questions, just show up to headquarters. Someone's going to talk to you. At 4160. At 4160, Virginia Beach Boulevard, Virginia Beach, Virginia. (laughs) Or you can call us at... 757-385-1999. Man, I'm keeping you on your toes. Absolutely. Again, Alan, thank you so much for for being on. And, folks, for for those of you who are listening, make sure you come back for next week's episode and for every episode after that. 
Uh, but Ellen, thanks again. This was awesome. Thank you. This is really great. And I want to thank you for everything. This is, I'm so excited about this podcast. It, it's a lot of fun. I love it.